Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Chloe Lockwood, and this is uh, another episode of Chloe and Ava Stories. Again, we are reading another er, few chapters of There is a Boy in the Girls' Bathroom by Louis Zakhar, a.k.a. writer of the award-winning book Holes. Um, we have a few awards for this book, again, and a winner of 19th Children's Choice Awards, including... IRA, CBC, Children's Choice, Texas Blue Bonnet Award, and Pacific Northwest Young Readers' Choice Award. So it's published by Nope Paperback. And uh, let's get to the, ch- the story. Chapter 37. The meeting between Carla Davis and the Concerned Parent Organization was held after school in room 8, a second grade classroom. Carla sat in a chair that was too small for her and faced the parents. She crossed her ankles and folded her hands on her lap. The five members of the school board sat behind her. The principal sat next to her at the teacher's desk. Bradley's mother wasn't there. She was out with Bradley shopping for Colleen's birthday present. Since she didn't have any complaints, she didn't come to the meeting. The only parents who came were those who had complaints. I'd like to know what we need a counselor for. Kids have enough counseling. What they need is more discipline. If they're bad, they should be punished. The other parents clapped their hands. We need to get back to basics, said a woman. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. And of course, computers. Her husband had a chart that showed if that if counselor if the counselor was fired, there would be enough money to put a computer in every classroom. Everyone got very excited about that idea. They all loved computers. No one is being fired, said the principal. The purpose of this meeting is to give you a chance to ask Miss Davis questions. She told my son it was good to fail, shouted a woman standing behind an under standing under a poster of an octopus. She told him grades didn't matter. I never said it was good to fail, Carla calmly replied. I simply try to help him relax. Children learn better when they're not under pressure. They do better when they can enjoy school. My son doesn't go to school to have a good time, said the woman. He has to get good grades so he can go get into a good college. The principal reminded the parent that Miss Davidge wouldn't see any of their parent the children without permission. But why should our tax dollars pay for her to counsel other people's children? One of the mothers complained. Several parents agreed. A woman with red hair stood up. My daughter came home with one of those forms to ask to sign. We refused to sign it. We didn't want her seeing, seeing the counselor. We tried to give her all the counseling she needs at home. But then she found out the counselor has been talking to her you anyway. What's your daughter's name? asked the principal. Colleen Babygolds. Carla admitted she had seen Colleen without her parents' permission. Colleen came into my office very upset and she had to talk to me. She said it was an emergency. What kind of emergency? asked the school board. It was something very personal, said Carla. But what is it? asked the school board president. I'm sorry, said Carla. I never repeat anything a child tells me. She knew Colleen wouldn't want everyone to know she'd gone to the boys' bathroom. You're not supposed to teach see a child without the parent's permission, 
to the school board president. Now, if it was an emergency, you might have been justified, but we have to know the nature of the emergency. I'm sorry, said Carla. You can tell me, said Mrs. Varigold. I'm her mother. There was some kind of emergency. Don't you think I should know about it? Ask Colleen. If she wants to tell you, she will. I can't break my promise to her. But Colleen's just a child, said a member of the school board. You don't have to keep promises to children. I do, said Carla. She's been trying to change her religions, said Colleen's mother. Colleen came home from school and announced she didn't want to be Catholic. She wanted anymore. She wanted to be a Zen monk. Carla laughed though she knew that was a mistake. She tried to explain about saying hello to someone who says hello to you, but no one seemed to understand what that had to do with being a Zen monk. You're not supposed, you're not allowed to teach a religion in a public school, said the president of the school board, and you weren't supposed to talk to her, her child in the first place. He apologized to Colleen's mother and assured her it would never happen again. A woman in the front row raised her hand. I never had a counselor when I went to school, she said. I don't understand why, what they do exactly. Why don't, why don't you explain to the parents what you, what you do and how to help, help different children, the principal suggested. Mostly I just talk with them, said Carla. I listen to their problems, but I never tell them what to do. I try and help them think for themselves. But isn't that what the school is for? Asked the woman. To tell kids what to think? I believe it's more important to teach them how to think instead of what to think, said Carla. But what if they do something bad? Don't you tell them it's wrong? Said the man sitting next to her. No, said Carla. I think it's much better if they figure that out for themselves. What if there was a boy who bit his teacher? Asked the father. What? Carla exclaimed. Wouldn't you tell him not to bite her? No, I talked to him about it and tried to find out why he bit her. But what if he kept biting her every day? What if she's every day he sneaks up behind her and bites her on the butt? Then what would you say? This is getting ridiculous, said Carla. Told him what you'll, you'd do. Carla sighed. I tried to help the boy understand the reason he wants to bite the teacher, then help him reach <clears throat> the conclusion that he shouldn't do it. How long would this take? asked the woman. I don't know. A month? Possibly. And meanwhile, he keeps biting his teacher, said the first man. She could get seriously hurt. She could die, said another man. How would you feel then? Yeah, what if the kid had rabies? Someone else shouted. Don't you think he should get rabies shot? I bet you'd feel differently if he bit you on your butt. Someone come from the back of the room. Everyone began talking at once. What if he beat you? You'd punish him then, wouldn't you? Then you wouldn't wait for him to think for himself, would you? Not if he bit you. Carla uncrossed her ankles, then crossed the other way. As she looked at the angry group of parents, she had a horrible feeling that they all wanted to bite her butt. Chapter 38
Bradley Chalmers. Homework book report. My parents didn't steal an elephant by Uriah. Uriah C. Lasso. Mrs. Ebel's class, room 12, Red Hill School, last seat, last row, next to Jeff. My parents didn't steal an elephant by Uriah. Let's see, lasso by Bradley Chalkers. My parents didn't steal an elephant. Elephant was a very funny and crazy book by Uriah. Uriah C. Lasso, a funny author to write such a book. It's a story told by a kid. The kid's parents are in jail because they stole an elephant, except they're innocent. Hey, I just realized something. You know what? You never know the kid's name. I just realized that. Wouldn't know what else to do. You don't know if the kid's a boy or a girl. I just realized that now, oh, as I was writing this book report, because I didn't know whether to write he or she. I told you it was crazy. The kids live with his aunt and uncle. They're crazy too. They put wallpaper in the garage for no reason. I told you they were crazy. Ace is crazy too. He's the lawyer for the kid's parents. He makes the kid practice crying for an hour every day so they will be able to cry in court. Only, when the kid finally gets in court, the kid doesn't cry, the kid laughs. Then everyone else laughs too. The kid's parents get to go home because they're innocent. Except, you wanna know something? I'm not so sure. I mean, if they were really innocent, then who ate all the peanuts? I told you it was crazy. The end. Absolutely wonderful, said Carla. Is it good? asked Bradley. You captured the very essence of the book. He smiled, even though he didn't know what essence mean. They were sitting around the round table. It was Thursday before school. Bradley had turned had to turn in his book report to Miss Ebel, but he wanted Carla to see it first, just in case he ripped it up. Carla was wearing a fluffy pink sweater. I always wondered what happened to the peanuts too, she said. Me too, said Bradley. And they could have hidden the elephant in the garage. That's why the wallpaper was there. To cover up the fingerprints. Do elephants have fingerprints? Asked Carla. Maybe they have trunk prints. He laughed. Well, I have to go back to Mrs. Devil's class. Here's your book back. Thank you. I didn't want to write on it or spill food or anything. I'd like for you to keep it, said Carla. It's my present to you. But I thought it was one of your favorite books. It is. That's why I want to give it to you. If I didn't like it, then it wouldn't be much of a present, would it? He smiled. I wish I had a present to give to you, he said. You already gave me one. I did? What was it? The book report. The smile left his face. What's the matter? Well, I'm supposed to give it to Miss Ebel, but that's okay. You can have it. Wouldn't be too much of a present if I didn't want it to. Carla laughed and shook her head. That's very sweet, Bradley, but that's not what I meant. I want you to give it to Miss Ebel. It makes me very happy that you did such a wonderful job. That's the present you gave me. Really? Really, said Carla. It was the best present I could have gotten. He thought that that was great. He he was able to give it to Carla and still give it to Miss Ebel. What's wrong? Carla wiped her eyes. The corner of her mouth trembled. Are you crying, Aunt? Bradley, I have to tell you something, she said. I hope you can listen to what I have to say without feeling scared or upset. He suddenly felt very scared and upset. Tomorrow will be my last day here at Red Hill School. Huh? That's why I'm so glad you've written such a wonderful book report. I know I can continue to do good work for me. I'm very proud of you. 
You're leaving? She nodded. I'll be transferred. I'll be teaching kindergarten at Willow Bend School. But I want to thank you, Bradley. You've made my short time here very special. I'm glad we got to know each other. You're leaving? We can still see each other? She said. Saturday, I'm... He shook his head. No, you can't go. It's not fair. I have to. He couldn't believe it. What if I don't do my homework? Then you'll have to stay and make me do it. Make me want to do it again. She smiled warmly at her. Her blue eyes glistened. You're on your own now, Bradley. I know you'll do wonderfully. No, it's not fair, he said. You tricked me. Carlos said, too. She walked around the table toward him. I hate you. She shouted in his face. I know you don't mean that. Yes, I do. I hate your stupid book, too. He picked up. My parents didn't steal an elephant, but you were to see Lasso and threw it at her. Then he picked up his book before us. Bradley, please. He ripped it in half. He stretched his mouth so wide it was hard to tell whether it was a smile or a frown. He tore the book report again, dropped it on the the pieces on the floor. I hate you, he shouted, then ran out of her office. He ran into the boys' bathroom. He leaned on the sink and cried. His face was throbbing as he watched the water wash down the drain. There was a knock on the bathroom door. Bradley, said Carla, are you all right? Go away, I hate you, he yelled. The door slowly opened and she stepped inside. You're not allowed in here, he said. I think it's important that we talk, said Carla. That's how friends handle their problems, by talking about them. That's why we've become such good friends, because we've learned to talk to each other. I'm not your friend. Why would I want to be friends with you? I hate you. I like you, Bradley. I can like you, can't I? You don't have to like me. I'm not going to Colleen's birthday party, he said. And I don't like Jeff either. I'm never going to do my homework, ever, and I'm going to fail all my tests. Do you know what I think? I think you're worried that now that I'm leaving, everything will turn bad again. You think that Jeff won't like you anymore, and Colleen won't want you to come to her party, and Mrs. Ebel will give you bad grades no matter how hard you try. This is the boy's bathroom! But it wasn't me who magically changed your life, Bradley. She said it was you, you're not Cinderella, and I'm not Prince Charming. You're not allowed in here, he said coldly. Saturday, I'm going to need some help moving all the things out of my office. She said I'd appreciate it very much if you could come and help me. Then afterwards, we can have lunch together. We can go to a restaurant, just the two of us. He wanted to hug her in her soft pink sweater, but he couldn't. He felt like all his insides were being ripped apart. It'll be lots of fun, said Carlin. It would be a great help to me. I have to use the toilet. Maybe I'll see you on Saturday, said Carla. I'd like that very much. She turned and walked out the door. Bradley stayed in the bathroom until the bell rang. Then he went home, sick. Chapter 39. Lonnie hopped along singing, All the animals gathered together. What are you doing? asked Ronnie. We're talking, said the lion. And you can't listen, said the kangaroo. Oh, okay, said Ronnie. She waited for the other animals to finish talking. The other animals finished talking. We finished talking, the lion told Ronnie. We took a vote. We don't like you anymore. Ronnie hopped away. Suddenly she felt into quicksand. Help! She cried. Bartholomew, save me! No, I won't, said Bartholomew, and I'm not going to marry you either. Bonnie sank into the quicksand and died. Chapter 40. Bradley, his mother, took his temperature and told him he was normal. I am not, he argued. He's not normal, Claudia agreed. He's bizarre. Bradley felt his stomach tied in a knot. Every time he thought about Carlos, the knot pulled tighter. I hate her! I hate her! He repeated. 
as he slowly walked to school. When he said he hated her, the knot in his stomach loosened just a little bit. He sat in the back of Mrs. Elbow's room, last seat, last row. Hi, Bradley, said Jeff, sitting down next to him. Where were you yesterday? Were you sick? He didn't answer. Jeff wasn't his friend. He didn't have any friends. Bradley, called Mrs. Elbow, will you please come here? He dragged his feet to a desk. I was sick yesterday, he told her. Call my mother if you don't believe me. Mrs. Elbow waved that away. I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed your book report. She said, maybe you want to read the book. Huh? Miss Davis gave it to me yesterday. Mrs. Elba told him. She explained how she accidentally ripped it. He stared at her in amazement, noticed that the book report taped together lying on Mrs. Elba's desk. At the very top in ragged ink was the word excellent. I gave you a gold star, said Mrs. Elba. He picked up his book report and ran back to the desk. There it was, next to his name, Bradley Chalkers. A gold star! He slowly sat down as he stared at it. It seemed to shine brighter than all the other stars. The knot in his tight stomach jerked tight as he had looked away. The star reminded him of Carla. She's such a liar, he thought. She said it was an accidentally tore it up when I was the one who did it. I hate her. She stuffed the book before back into his desk. The knot loosened. He walked all recess. The other boys called him to the basketball court, but he pretended not to hear them. He just kept walking. Okay, he decided. I'll go see her at lunch. I'll say goodbye to her. That's all. Everyone looked. Everyone was looking for you at basketball, Jeff said, returning to his class. I told him you were sick from yesterday. I was not sick, said Bradley. I'm normal. When the bell rang for lunch, he walked to Mrs. Ebel's desk for and to ask for the hall pass. Yes, Bradley, she said. He couldn't talk. The knot in his stomach was so tight it choked off his vocal cords. He stuck his hand in the in his pockets and walked outside. He had sat in the far corner of the playground. Twice he thought it he he had thought he saw Carla. The first time it was a third grade girl. The second time it was a tree. His stomach knotted up to eat anything. I saw Carla, Joe told him after once. I went to see to her office to say goodbye. She said she'd like to see you. She said she wanted to wait in her office after school in case you wanted to talk to her. She asked me to tell you that. Bradley closed his eyes till the knot loosened. Do you even want to say goodbye to her? Jeff asked. He shook his head. He could picture her waiting in his office for her. He'd walk in and she'd say, Hello, Bradley. It's a pleasure to see you today. I appreciate your coming to see me. She might even kiss him again. When the final bell rang, he walked directly home. The knot inside him tightened with every step he took. I hate her! I hate her! I hate her! And that, we're going to leave it off at chapter 41. We're probably only going to have like two more parts and then we'll be done. Hopefully it'll only be one and then we can start on our next book. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, please. I'd love to hear what you think. Um, you should, you can go to my I, uh, website. You can go to anchor.fm and search Chloe and Ava Stories, where you, on there, you can, uh, send us a voice recording. Or just, uh, or just put it in your group where you can, and make your own podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye.